Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Patreon, the Cool Takes Podcast Patreon. Uh, we are short one member today. We are short Adeline. Uh, but in a way, it's a blessing because <laughs> Adeline is the only one among us who has yet to see Spider-Man No Way Home. Yeah, she's the, the imposter. Perhaps, you know, it's depressing to say perhaps one of the most important movies of the century at this point. <laughs> That's actually the kind movie, of true. The movie that made uh, more than a billion dollars domestic after yeah, like a pandemic. <laughs> the first one to make it back. That is not insubstantial. Um, and it, so here's, here's some backstory. Uh, I got on this podcast after being absolutely harangued by... Uh, a, an, an army of Marvel teens on TikTok. Oh, what? For posting my, making a video about my top 10 movies of the year, which Spider Man was not on. And Dude. <laughs> that was, and, okay, in fairness, but Eternals was on it. And was that is Carnage pretty incendiary on, on its own. No, Carnage is not still okay. on it. Carnage got bumped out a long say, time ago. The people, the people could be upset about <laughs> Carnage. Um, Let there be Carnage so, to be on there. But it's still kind of infuriating that I was just like, oh, here's this list of movies that I'm really excited about. People were like, what about Spider-Man? People ask me like over and over again, why isn't Spider-Man on it? And they're like angry. It's weird. Like, the, the ecosystem of film discussion on TikTok is so bizarre. And it's constantly, like, teenagers talking about film like it's a math problem and trying to, like, debate you <laughs> into the into believing you're wrong about what movies you like. Yeah. You're like, and, well, like, these but are the they're, like, <laughs> they're, like, angry. They're, like, where's Spider-Man? So I make a video. <laughs> I make a quick little video that's, like, oh, I mean, I thought Spider-Man was really good, but I had these particular problems with it, which meant that it didn't quite crack my top ten. It was close, though. It's, like, you know, if I have my list, it's, like, number 14. And, oh, my God, <laughs> the responses to that were so angry. Because, in, in, I mean, like I said, it's not just that I didn't love Spider-Man. It's that I loved Eternals. That I think really got under their collar, but oh man, my TikTok has been absolutely blowing up the last few hours, <laughs> just being mercilessly bullied by teens. Oh my about gosh, that's so funny. only kind of liking Spider Man. Okay, so out of the three Tom Holland Spider Man men, how would you rank the three? Can I be honest with you? If I said this on TikTok, they'd probably just kick me off the app. Okay, well, that's why we're doing it behind this paywall. That's true. Behind the paywall, they can't bully you when they're paying for the content. That's true. Uh, th- th- I think it's Homecoming, or I think it's No Way Home Bottom. I think it's Homecoming second. I think it's Far From Home first. Like, I really mm. think Far From Home's incredible. Far From I really Home, think... I think, is still also my favorite one out of the and three. And No Way Home is very good, but I think that those other two are kind of magic in a lot of different ways that I don't think No Way Home does a very good job of capturing. That's fair. That's fair. And also, I will say that No Way Home is doing a lot. Like, it's doing a lot of heavy lifting for, like, it's not just the third Tom Holland movie. It's the third Andrew Garfield movie, and it's the fourth, (laughs) yeah, like, Tobey Maguire. So there is, like, some balance that ends up not happening, like, the best that it could possibly happen. But it's also, like, so exciting to see it 
actually happening on oh, of like course. a big screen. Like, so I'm so thankful. Like, I would not trade it for anything <laughs> else. Yeah, totally. I mean, my my biggest problem with it, this is mostly what I said in the TikTok that got people so angry. I think that that I think that Spider-Man No Way Home is extremely ugly visually. Mm, I think yeah. on a visual level, this is like one of the worst looking Marvel movies in the whole like MCU canon. I think it is so extremely clearly shot entirely in a warehouse because they were so paranoid about any of the characters and any of the spoilers coming out that Mm. everything looks so manufactured and synthetic and flat and everything is cgi basically and i think it looks extremely bad and that's important to me and that's one of the reasons i like eternals so much is because they shot things outside (laughs) it's outside And, and this is like the polar opposite of that which is them being like we uh are not going anywhere ever like we're gonna fly in our actors we're gonna get them a hotel room for three weeks and that's that that's fair i did especially with the um statue of liberty set piece i feel like it's so muddy when it was happening like in the back of my brain because the front of my brain was like oh my god i can't believe this is happening (laughs) yeah (laughs) but like in the very back there was like that little voice saying something's wrong something's missing Huh, and I can't kind of yeah, fucking yeah. tell what's going on at all, really. Yeah, you're like, and uh, yeah, it would be nice. I understand that it's very difficult to do, but I can't tell which Spider-Man's saying what. Like, <laughs> yeah. they're all white men with brown hair, and yeah. I can't see any of their faces, so they all Flipping sound around the same. animatedly. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you're totally right, though. I mean, that is sort of the magic of it, is like, it's just, like, they they pull off such an incredible thing where they're like okay so we're gonna figure out a spider-man movie that has like eight villains and all three spider-man in it and it's gonna be two hours and like 10 minutes long and it's gonna fucking work it's gonna totally make sense and have like a really clear thematic through line and like like fully and completely pull it off narratively in a writing sense in a way that i never ever would have expected them to do in a million Mm -hmm. years like i think the writing of this movie is extremely smart in a lot of ways that I, I don't see people, like, you know, uh, a- acknowledging yeah. a lot of the Accolades. time. Like, I don't know. TikTok, most of what I'm seeing about this movie is, like, on TikTok, where people are just like, it's the best movie ever made, and uh, it's because <laughs> of all the guys that are in it. And you're like, okay, fair enough. <laughs> but, like, I think the way... I am so frustrated by the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies because... They are very thematically vacant a lot of the time. <laughs> like, mm. those movies are not saying a lot. And what they are saying is kind of muddy and confusing. And well, what a they lot are the saying time... is always summed up in a monologue form by Spider-Man. When he's walking <laughs> yeah. away from a funeral, usually. <laughs> Two out of three times. <laughs> um... But, like, you know, I think the Spider-Man's, like, kind of weirdly callous towards the villains in the in the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies. Like, not that those mm. movies aren't great, but... And I think that this movie is, like, really, expli- like, explicitly engaging with those Sam Raimi movies on, like, a thematic level, which is so wild. And, like, especially considering... Uh, I mean, in kind of all of the other Spider-Man movies, it's surprising how callous it usually is. Like, they usually... The villains just die at the end. And it's like, you know, not like Spider-Man was trying to kill him, 
but like he does. Yeah. <laughs> and they die. And this movie's <laughs> like, isn't that kind of fucked up? Like, shouldn't Spider-Man make a more concerted effort to not have that happen? Mm -hmm. And that's, like, what the whole movie is built around. And they bring in all these villains, and the whole movie is, like, built around him trying to save their lives and actually rehabilitate them. Which I think is so smart and interesting, and I love that about it. And then they're swinging around on the Statue of Liberty, and it's all brown and gray at the end. A lot of sand. A lot of of gritty (laughs) sand. I think that's true, though. No, that's true. That's true. Like, because I do, I feel like Sam Raimi got so swept up in the theatricality of Spider-Man because Spider-Man does have a very sad backstory. Like, no parents, dead uncle. Like, it's your fault. And that's very, like, that is the grounding that makes Spider-Man Spider-Man where it's not just some kid, like, swooping around, but he, like, legitimately cares about people and wants to do the best for them. But then it is, they're like, it has to keep being sad. So, oh, his best friend's father dies and his best friend thinks it's his fault. So then later his best friend dies. Like, right. and that's, that gets a little too, like, like, wading through all of that makes it less fun. Like, right. with with this, with Tom Holland's Spider-Man, it's been so fun. Like, the first two and a half movies were so fun. That when Marissa Tomei got bogged down by the Green Goblin, I was like, there's no <laughs> way in hell she's dying. Because right. why would they do that in the Tom Holland trilogy? And I right. was wrong. I was wrong. I was in I was going through disbelief. <laughs> denial. Yeah, denial, some might say. So yeah, this is this is one of the things that I think is really interesting. I mean, I think the way that it ends is so smart. We didn't mention that this is going to be spoilers, but I, I guess that yeah, we'll just clear. put it at the top. Put it at the top. Yeah, spoiler talk. Uh, I'll I'll splice this in. Uh, hey, we're doing spoilers in this one, so yeah, we can duh. title it as such. Also, oh, fair enough. Um, <laughs> but like the way that they treat this, it, the the weird, bizarre turn that this movie takes at the end is that it sort of like leaves. Spider-Man with, like, a brand new status quo. It almost, Mm -hmm. like, functions like an origin story in a weird kind of way, despite being the third movie in a franchise. And, like, it seems to suggest, like, based on a lot of dialogue between the three Peter Parkers and also dialogue between Aunt May and Peter, that, like, if there is, like, the universal constant of the the tragic loss that defines a Spider-Man, whether it's Uncle Ben or Uncle Aaron... It's sort of implying that, like, you know, this whole time we have been kind of wondering what the Uncle Ben situation is. And the movie seems to say there wasn't one. There wasn't an Uncle Ben. He has Aunt May instead. Like, Aunt May becomes his Uncle Ben, and this is, like, his new fresh start, like, origin as a legitimate Spider-Man. Which I think is really interesting and cool in a lot of ways. But I also think it's weird how much energy they spend alluding to Uncle Ben, it feels like, in previous projects, just yeah. to make the decision that they kind of are not going to do that, actually. Like, in um in What If, the the zombie episode, Peter oh, Parker's right. like, I've lost a lot of things. Uncle Ben, my parents, blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah, Mr. Stark, he's a zombie now. <laughs> All of, literally everyone I've ever known or cared about is a zombie right now, but also my uncle died and that was right. really rough, which I do, uh, 
I wonder how, wonder what happened. But I like, I like that Aunt May takes on that moniker of like passing down that responsibility. And I like that this movie was like, surprise, it's actually three long origin story movies because people (laughs) were so rude about Spider-Man origin (laughs) movies. They were like, oh, we get it. He got bitten by a spider. But like, that's not the point. The point is that like, that character journey of him learning to like take on responsibility and care about other people outside of like his own bubble. Like that's the whole point of Spider-Man. <laughs> right. Which is They're like, like jokes on you motherfuckers. This whole <laughs> thing was an origin story. Yeah, you idiot. You thought Peter Parker could have a well-adjusted like, modern lifestyle? No, he's poor <laughs> and he's going to go yeah. deliver papers. He can't even He's never <laughs> even taken a photograph in this version. <laughs> he doesn't know what he's doing. You want to know what the biggest disappointment was? I I didn't like what they did with J. Jonah Jameson. He doesn't really feel like he gets to have any fun in this movie. That's true. That's true. It's. I feel like they got a little too excited about making fun of Alex Jones, and then they were right. they forgot that they had J.K. Simmons at their disposal. <laughs> like he's there, and we're happy to see him, but he just like has these little like talking head segments where he's like live from the Daily Bugle. Yeah, and, like that's kind of wanna... it, and then he shows up. Like, on the scene that one time. But, you know, he doesn't get to have that, like, back and forth with anybody, Mm -hmm. you know? That's what's so magic in those Sam Raimi movies. He's not interacting with anybody. Yeah, his his back and forth, like, the juxtaposition of, like, when he's yelling and in charge versus when he's like, and also, don't forget about my soy latte. Like, I kind of need that. Like, that's what is so (laughs) good. And he's got a little cigar butt hanging out of his mouth. Classic. So good. So good. I love J.K. Simmons so much. God, I love him so and much. So this is something that's been pointed out to me. Apparently, Reese Farms and uh, Thomas Hayden Church were, like, not available for filming, which is the reason why they are mm-hmm. CGI monstrosities the entire time, except yeah. for one shot each, which I think I read were just CGI yeah, they of their were. likeness. Because um, when I saw it the first time, I was like, those guys, they're not here. This is not their voice. They're, why won't they show their faces? And then when it cut right. to the end when they were being cured, I was like, oh, I guess it was them. And then when I saw it the right. second time, I was like, I've seen this footage before in all of the <laughs> thousand times I've watched Spider-Man 3. I know what they did. Yeah. It was their voices, though. Like, they did get them for, for voiceover oh, sessions. Oh, really? Yeah. But the part was like, it's me. Clint or whatever. What's the Sandman's name? Yeah, Flint. Flint. Clint. Flint Marco. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, and it's just, I don't know, Thomas Hayden Church has the best face a man has ever had. <laughs> and like, <laughs> it's just, it's a pity that we don't get to see it at all in this movie. Like, That's true. he is such a small guy. He shows up so little in big, exciting movies. And I was just so ready to have him walking around with those big fucking eyes and that enormous <laughs> jaw he has. You just don't get to see it. He's just not in it visually, and it's so disappointing to me. That's fair. That's fair. Also, but you do get handsome Jamie Foxx, and isn't that a little treat? True. <laughs> That's what I've really been focused on, is how Jamie Foxx was like, yeah, I'll come do another one, but I get to look like Jamie Foxx this time. I gotta be hot in this one. Yeah, like, you, you fool me once, shame on me. Yeah. And, like, they bring it up in the movie, too. Like, it yeah, can't just weird. be, like, literally no one's going to really remember that he had a comb over and buck teeth. They have to be like, right. 
uh, remember how last time I saw you, you had a comb over and buck teeth, and now you're hot? What happened? <laughs> yeah. This- it's a weird thing. It's almost like Matrix Revolutions, right? Where it's like they make a they make a decision that you could just let exist, but you make a weird meal out of calling attention to it and, like, explaining it away in mm-hmm. a way that's much more distracting than just, just letting it be. You know, that's how I felt about Jamie Foxx. Like, I don't know. Yeah. He got a haircut. He has better hair now. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe the electricity. Or maybe he's from, like, a different Earth. I don't know. It's fine. Yeah. It's fine. It's close enough. Um, but, okay. But, like, obviously, like, the biggest selling point of this whole thing is just the three Spider-Men. Yeah. Hanging out, talking oh, to each yeah. other. And they're, I'm happy that they give them so much room to breathe. Yeah. And just, like, riff off of each other. And it is just, except it's so fun. It's just a blast to watch. It's so, like, that's, when Andrew Garfield first came running in, I was like, that's my boy, it's my boy! <laughs> and then when he rips his mask off, I, like, started crying in the theater. <laughs> I, I so fucking love Andrew Garfield as Spider-Man. And that's He's the thing, so good. part of the... Part of the the bit about this thing being, like, entirely in imagined CG environments or sets inside of a warehouse where this whole thing feels so weirdly sterile is, like, a lot of these actors, their performances are kind of suffering. I feel like you can see them kind of sweating Mm -hmm. acting against tennis balls, you know? I think Alfred Molina is having some trouble. I think that uh, Tobey Maguire is having some trouble. Those ones... Mm -hmm. stood out to me. I was like, yeah, I this was... is not these guys' best work. Because these are clearly guys who don't have a lot of experience working mm-hmm. in this kind of environment, you know? Yeah, because um, in Spider-Man 2, Alfred Molina has, like, puppets that he's talking to the whole time. Yeah, as his totally. He's, like, arms. interacting with real yeah. things. And and you can... I felt that also when, it, I was, when he first came in and he was like, listen to me now, which, you know, <laughs> love to hear it, love to hear it. But it very much felt like he was talking through the puppet and yeah. not to the puppet because there wasn't right. a puppet. It was a yeah, cartoon. Exactly. Um, but like the opposite side of that coin is that it makes you appreciate so much more the people who are really nailing it and really like sparkle. I mean, like mm-hmm. Tom Holland is a fucking professional at this kind of thing. Now he was in infinity war. Like he knows, he yeah. knows how to act against tennis balls. Uh, but like Willem Dafoe is insanely oh. good in this. Oh, so and, like, good. The way he plays, like displaced Norman Osborn, like he's like an old dementia patient who like is literally doesn't know where he is or what's happening. Yeah. He just has these like wide eyes and you can like kind of see the panic, you know, I think is incredible. And I just, I loved him in this. And Andrew Garfield mm-hmm. is just the most charismatic human being on planet earth. I feel like, like everything he does, he is just totally like every line he has is like the funniest one of the funniest lines in the movie and he's like so great at playing this like affected awkward sort of thing without coming across as like too mannered or embarrassing and like especially when you're like on a you know stage with green screen surrounding you like being able to like sell that kind of thing and be charismatic and make these things feel natural despite being so like mannered is like as an actor as somebody who tried acting in college and was shitty at it i cannot imagine something harder to sell than that and he's so 
good at it. I am so all in on Andrew Garfield this uh, year. I love Andrew Garfield. 2021 was the year of Garfield for sure. Like so he's good. He had that triple threat going with Tick, Tick, <laughs> Boom, Eyes of Tammy Faye and Spider-Man. And Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah, that when, when he says, um, I've always wanted brothers. This is so fun. Like that was, uh, <laughs> it just felt, it was so fun. Like I loved it so much. And I love the bit that it's like, <laughs> Both of them are just, like, guys who have been in therapy for, like, way too long. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. the way they talk to each other, they're just constantly using, like, you gotta work on, like, your self-talk. <laughs> like, saying things like that. Yeah. Like, they like, clearly... no, you're incredible. <laughs> you're amazing. <laughs> have, like, been working on this shit for so long, and they just know all the words, and they're weirdly kind of numb to it at this point. Yeah. Like, it almost doesn't work on them anymore. <laughs> like, I think that is such a smart, funny way to think about Spider-Man. Ugh, yeah, it's, it's, it's so a, funny. And I really, it's, like, nice to hear about how, like, Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man is still with MJ. Like, it's just, it, right. it, it, it's, it's just good in my little soul when, yeah. when you're like, huh, were they okay? And it's, it's just, it's good to hear. Also, <laughs> I will say, though, I kind of wish that Harry was in this movie a little bit, just a little. Right. I know it wouldn't Wait, work at all, like fundamentally. Which Harry are you talking about? Harry, oh, both, all of all, every Harry Osborn. <laughs> okay, fair. I want both Harry Osborns. I want more goblin children. More goblins. Just, more goblins. <laughs> but I know that it, it wouldn't work as well. But I'm just saying, it would have been a little, little more fun, a little more right, frantic. Yeah. I straight up cannot believe that they didn't do like they didn't like textually do the sinister six in this one like yeah sony has been so obsessed with making a sinister six movie since like 2012 and they finally have this movie that's like we're getting a bunch of villains together but we're gonna call it good at five and not really draw any attention to yeah it. and it's like <laughs> what like do they still think they're gonna have a better opportunity down the road like what's the deal with that I don't, and like also is so the vulture are they never gonna pick anything back up with him because they really right. made it feel like they were gonna and this would have been the time yeah Especially I was gonna say he knows. before I knew what the premise was I was really disappointed that it didn't seem like they were using any of Tom Holland's villains but like now that I know what the movie's actually about that obviously wouldn't have made any sense but yeah. like they were it still just seems like they were very clearly like oh, you know, the end of Homecoming, it's like, oh, the Vulture is talking to this guy who is the Scorpion, you know, and you've got the Shocker, and then in the next movie, it's like Mysterio, and he, like, kind of dies, but obviously clearly doesn't really, and it feels like they're, like, saving up guys to, like, deploy later, so maybe they're just waiting for, like, a more straight-ahead, like, normal Sinister Six, you know? Yeah, that's fair, that's fair. deploy some other time, and Michael Keaton's gonna be in Morbius, so maybe Morbius is a factor. Maybe. Who is to say? Well, okay, how do you feel about Venom, though, in this movie? How do right. you feel about that? I I don't know what they're doing. <laughs> <laughs> because, like, you know, the post credit scene of Venom 2 is like, he's in the MCU now, oh my god. And then the post credit yeah. scene of No Way Home is like, he is not in the MCU anymore. But he leaves the yeah, symbiote dummies. behind, obviously, to be, like, a setup. But, like, yeah, is that really it? Is that really the fake-out? Like... I'm trying to decide if they're actually just going to do us like that or if 
it's like a fake out and like you know the beginning of venom 3 or whatever is like i don't know like it it makes more sense to me that like maybe tom holland shows up in venom 3 as opposed to tom hardy showing up on a spider-man movie whoa Uh, bro but like i don't know i just don't know what their plan is and it seems very opaque to me right now especially since morbius is so weird and nobody really knows what's going on with that and mm-hmm. we should have seen it, it by now, but it got again. delayed. Yeah. You want to yeah. know what really fucked me up regarding what I think is going on with Spider-Man right now? Somebody pointed out that before COVID, uh, Multiverse of Madness was supposed to come out first. And oh, then Morbius. What? And then Spider-Man. And now it is the complete opposite. That's and like confused. Yeah, it doesn't make, that doesn't make any sense to me. How does this movie exist in this state if that was ever the case? It's so, like, I don't know if they're just doing a lot of really frantic, like, rewriting and reworking ex post facto. Yeah. Or, like, if, like, Multiverse of Madness, like, really doesn't look like what we think it does. And, like, how does this all connect to Loki? And it's, it's, yeah. very, it's very chaotic right now. And I'm really curious to see it, how and if they make any effort to sort of tie it together yeah that's because that is tricky maybe that's why there's so much snow in the beginning of the movie inside (laughs) like it's like why is it because like why would they go so hard on like a visual gag like that if it didn't actually matter like they wouldn't right because that's why what's the point but i don't know there's a lot of questions in the future by the way multiverse of madness looks so fucking good i I'm, like, already so much more excited about Multiverse of Madness than I ever was about this Spider-Man movie. I'm not going to lie to you. Dang. Okay. That's... I feel like you're probably in the minority here with a lot of these (laughs) Spider-Man hot takes, but (laughs) that's fair. I think, like, I mean, I don't know. Especially considering what I was saying about how flat and boring and dry this movie looks visually. That Multiverse of Madness trailer, immediately, I was like... The, the color, there is color grading on this. Like, yeah. It looks like it's set up somewhere. It looks like they shot this at a location. It looks like this, like, is actually shot by a DP who, like, is really excited about what he's doing. Like, it looks good. And I was, like, so amped about that. And, like, have you, yeah, you watched What If. I think the, that Doctor Strange episode of What If. Oh, my god i'm so excited for that so i think that is like literally the best thing that marvel studios has ever produced i think that is like head and shoulders above like every other piece of like mcu marvel media so the fact that it's taking that and using it in a movie directed by sam raimi and which ostensibly has like a lot of horror elements to it because it's a sam raimi movie i am out of my mind excited about it i also think it's really funny that this entire movie is basically, like, two hours of just, like, reminding people how much they like Sam Raimi movies. Yeah, And then showing true. them a trailer for a Sam Raimi movie at the end is the that most was... big dick energy. I think that's hilarious. Yeah. They're like, oh, you thought you didn't like this? You actually loved it, idiot. You're so stupid. <laughs> yeah, when when I saw the, like, Dark Strange coming out, like, those tentacles or whatever in that trailer, I turned yeah. to my cousin and I was like, are they gonna do the thing? Are they putting... <laughs> this cartoon? 
this was a hypothetical cartoon and they're gonna put it in their full-on movie okay like do all the things do it all i'm so excited <laughs> yeah there's no form anymore so good. we're in the void now yeah and moon knight's supposed to come out soon i keep seeing people say it's gonna come out in february i'm kind of skeptical of that but it's the next one man that's good stuff it's all what, good stuff yeah we got a lot to look forward to <laughs> and a lot to did be you, thankful for now. <laughs> did you watch how much of Loki did you watch? I'm I only watched like the first three episodes, but I really wanna watch I'm right. gonna watch it. I'm gonna watch it. I just I need was, like a person. I was a little bit less sold on Loki as I was about the other things, but I think the last episode is extremely smart and I think it does a lot okay. of things very, very well. So I, that's like, my pick. I should like it. I just like I don't know. I wasn't in the right headspace. I gotta try again. (laughs) The weird thing about, like, TikTok Marvel movie discourse right now, which is the only thing my brain can think about anymore because I'm just being pelted and bombarded (laughs) by it all the time, uh, is that, like, it feels like we're in a place where it's, like, like, these Disney Plus, like, television shows, it's, like, not even a factor whether they're good or not anymore. Did I say this to you already? I don't know. I don't think so. It's just like people just talk about these things as they come out just devoid of value judgment, you know? Like to me, it felt like Hawkeye was like obviously terrible. I was like this is extremely <laughs> bad and I don't like this one bit. But oh, the way the way that like just like kids on TikTok are talking about like WandaVision and Falcon and Winter Soldier and Loki and Hawkeye like there's like no distinguishment between yeah. like whether they like them or not or like which ones they, they are more excited are. about than others they just are there doesn't seem to be any sort of critical commentary happening at all they're just like talking about the easter eggs or whatever <laughs> it's very surreal and the same thing with Book of Boba Fett like as far as I can oh, tell yeah. I haven't watched I've only watched I the first episode either. but as far as I can tell people don't like it very much like people are pretty let down by Book of Boba Fett but you wouldn't know it by TikTok People are just like, did you know that this alien's a reference to that? And they're like, hell yeah, I love when things are references to other things. <laughs> it kind of stresses me out. I don't know. It's weird. Yeah, strange times. Because on TikTok, you just got to know about things. You don't have to actually like things. You don't have to but have But if you say opinions. you don't like something as much, then you're going to get attacked. And that's why you don't say anything. <laughs> you're going to get dogpiled <laughs> for saying that Spider-Man No Way Home was really good. Yeah, but not as good as Eternals. I think yes. I like Spider-Man No Way Home more than Eternals, but I think I can't tell how much of the nostalgia factor is blocking off my ability to properly rate these movies. And yeah, and I think, you know, I feel like there is a contingent of, like, anti-Spider-Man No Way Home people that are like, it's just uh, uh, fan service. Like, that's not substantive. Like, you know, that's not good storytelling or whatever. But, like... I don't know. I don't think we should be pretending to be above nostalgia bait. Like, yeah, it works. Like, it's not like that's... I still like it. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, especially in this movie, I think a lot of the stuff they're doing on that wavelength is like well executed. I think it makes sense. And I think it flows narratively and they're doing it. They're like engaging with the material in a in a thematic and intellectual way. That's something like, I don't know, Ready Player One doesn't really bother to, you know? Yeah. And 
so like I'm totally I think this is like really well integrated well executed nostalgia stuff and I think that's fine like I think it really works and I think that's like a genuine strength of the movie it works on you I mean you fucking you cheer you cheer at the parts where you're supposed to cheer like 100% of the time like there's resolution to things that happened literally a decade ago (laughs) right yeah did you like the daredevil did you like the daredevil cameo I, I I liked it if it's the only thing that they ever do with Charlie Cox. I'm going to be mad about it in the future. But as it stands, I have, right. I was happy to see him. I was a little I was a little more annoyed. Yeah, I, I knew you were miffed. You were miffed. <laughs> because, like, I mean, look, of course I love Charlie Cox Daredevil, and I'm excited to see him back. But, like, the entire movie, I mean, not the entire movie. I mean, by the time you get into the third act, there's, like, no chance of that happening. But, like, I kept waiting them for, yeah. for them to, like, cut back to an interrogation scene where he could, like, do some bits or, like, find some excuse for him to come out in a mask and beat something up. Like, find some way to circle back around to Matt Murdock. And they just never do. And it just means that, like, it's basically just, like, a press conference. It's, like, the equivalent of, like, reading a headline on Twitter that just says, like, they're gonna use Daredevil in the Marvel movies. Yeah. I would be like, oh, tight, that's exciting. Except they just did it in a movie instead, which I don't think is that much more exciting, to be honest. It's slightly more annoying to me. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah, they had a lot going on. They were doing a lot. (laughs) Yeah, they sure did. Okay, well, I have to get going, actually, so... Sick. Let's call it a day. Uh, Thank you for subscribing. Uh, I think the next thing... We need to figure out when we're going to record our Knives Out thing, and we need to figure out what the actual yeah. schedule is for when we release those. But all in due we'll time, it so it'll week. either be another bonus episode, or maybe you'll be seeing the Knives Out commentary first. But either way, we'll see you then, and thank you for yeah. giving us your money. We appreciate it. Yes, uh, thank you. Let us know if you agree. Thank you and good night. Yes, comment. <laughs> <laughs> you can do comments on Patreon, so yeah. there you go. All right, we will talk okay. to you guys next time. Okay, bye.